The Iron Skillet stays in Fort Worth. Frogs win their third game in a row. They defeat SMU 34-17. to And honestly, it's a game that by and large they dominated, but still there's just there's little execution things that are keeping them from putting away games faster. But overall, really nice win for TCU. We'll break it all down next. We're live here on YouTube. It's Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you get notified when I do live shows, which I'm doing right now. Every Saturday, we're going to try to do a live post-game show, typically immediately after the game today, a little bit later on. But TCU, they defeat SMU 34-17. to uh, A late touchdown by Chase Curtis made that score a little bit um the, the final margin of victory a little bit bigger than it was. It was 27 to 17 for that last touchdown with about a minute left. But honestly, I think the final score was more indicative of how the game went. TCU really starting in the second half dominated this football game. And so we'll start with the positives. Uh, once again, TCU defense really shows out. I mean, I know there's going to be some hand wringing and there was about that first drive. SMU went down the field, 14 plays, I believe 69 yards, chewed up a lot of the first half clock, really half of the first quarter, excuse me, not the first half, about half of the first quarter of play um, by just, you know, moving down the field, getting first downs. And it was it was typical TCU in, at the beginning of the game, this defense, they sort of like to feel people out, a lot of three-man rushes, you know, kind of sitting back, seeing what the offense is doing. I understand what that's why that's frustrating. I will say they held them to a field goal, you know, 3 nothing after that. Um, and then they really settled in, and the offense scored a couple possessions later to make it seven to three. And they led the game from there on out. Had some big stops, you know, created a turnover on downs when it was seven to three. The defense did um, that led to a TCU touchdown to make it fourteen to three. Did give up one more scoring drive before half. Um, SMU scored a touchdown in the second quarter to make it fourteen to ten. That was the first touchdown this defense had given up uh, in nine quarters. Um, but that made it a 14-10 to 10 game. That was your score at halftime. But the defense comes out after that in the second half, and they just played lights-out football. Let's take a look at the drive chart in the second half of this football game. The offense got the ball first. They drove down. They kick a field goal. Um, and then after that, the defense immediately uh, causes a three and out. Three plays, zero yards, 34 seconds later, offense gets the ball back again. The next time SMU had the ball, they create a turnover on downs. A nice pass break up there on fourth and two um, to get the ball turned over and then uh, created more turnovers by getting interceptions. Uh, Josh Newton had a really nice interception when it was 27 to 10 and a great return that put them in the red zone. Um, and then Bud Clark had for a second straight week, he had a pick actually in the end zone. He picked off Preston Stone. Um, and then after that, TCU was kind of able to just ice the game. It could have been a, a less stressful game if they would have capitalized on some opportunities that the defense gave them, but we'll get to that later. But overall, I just thought this defense played really good football again, and it was for a second straight week a game where, okay, first half, yeah, there were a few big plays. There were a few uh, times where they were playing soft coverage and allowing um, SMU to make plays in front of them. But at the end of the day, 
got the job done, played much tighter in the second half, much better. And, man, I think the secondary has really come along. You know, we talked about the interceptions, Josh Newton, Bud Clark. Avery Helm had a great game today. Um, he had an ankle injury towards the end of that ball game. So, you know, prayers up for him. Hope he's hope he's doing well. Hope he'll bounce back quickly. Um, but he had a fantastic game. I think he's coming into that, you know, other corner role outside of what Josh is doing in a big way. But Clark had another interception. Um, they're doing a good job. You know, had a few more sacks today. Dominic Williams had what was honestly a safety, um, a sack at the end of that ball game to seal it. He got some pressure, forced some turnovers. Really great effort by this defense in another game where uh, they just turned the tide in the second half. And we'll talk about the second half now because in my mind that was another huge positive from this football game. Once again, this TCU football team, it was sloppy in the first half, and, I, and at times it was a little disjointed in the second half too. But you go in the locker room, you're at 14-10, um, you know, missed an opportunity right before half, got the ball, Frogs got the ball back after that SMU touchdown drive, had a chance to go score as, you know, the clock was winding down there at halftime and then get the ball back first in the third quarter. Couldn't do that, had to punt, but the defense steps up nicely. Uh, it helped that SMU burned all three of their timeouts early in the first half and didn't have a way to stop the clock. But uh, TCU defense steps up nicely in that situation. They get a stop right before halftime, so 14 to 10 going to the locker room, and then right out of the gates um, in the third quarter, offense goes down the field. They stall out in the red zone, which unfortunately was kind of a theme of the day for the offense. But they kick a field goal, they make it a seven-point game, and then the defense comes through with a three and out, and really from there – TCU controlled that football game. So uh, the slow starts kind of bother me, but I wouldn't even say they started slow today. You know, the defense had kind of a shaky drive to start the game, um, but they ultimately hold SMU three points. I will say one thing that is fascinating, um, and I, like, in my mind, I guess I knew this was going to be the case, but it's it's really come into focus since the game started. These clock rules have changed how quickly these, these games go. And not necessarily the, the length of the broadcast because, yes, you still have so many commercial breaks. But, man, in the first half, TCU only had the ball four times. They only had four possessions. Jeff Mitchell from 247 Sports uh, pointed that out at halftime. Um, but it's because if, if you're going to be a bend-but-don't-break defense and you're comfortable, which Joe Gillespie is definitely at times, and I, I would say that's kind of his base set is you're not bringing a lot of pressure. You're going to try to keep things in front of you counting on quarterbacks to eventually make mistakes. Um, but if you're going to play that style and you give up consecutive first downs and allow teams to extend drives, they can chew up a lot of the clock. And that's what SMU did on that first drive of the game. Um, but in the second half, TCU able to flip the switch, you know, got bogged down on, on a couple drives in the, um, in the SMU half of the field and SMU territory in the second half when they had a chance to ice that game. But ultimately, they do score a touchdown late on, uh, I think that was a fourth down play, fourth and two maybe. But Chandler Morris to Chase Curtis, touchdown frogs, you go win the ball game. And, man, Chandler again, like, he was really good today. Um, 23 of 32 and had a few drops, you know, could have been 26 or 27 to 32. Um, and there's definitely some high, there's definitely high percentage throws in there. Like this is an offense that is, you know, it's, it kind of has some built in, like, let's take what the defense gives us. I um, must make it easy on the quarterback. Let's spread teams out. Let's spread it around. But he also had some just darts. I mean, like there, that 
drive – there was a touchdown drive where the Frogs went up 14-3 um, where he hit Jalen Robinson on a few uh, passes. Like one was a back shoulder throw um, that he got like right on his hands, and it was a great play – you know, it was great ball placement, really the only place he could put it. He had a throw um, on a slant pattern where he fitted in between two defenders that were converging on Jalen. Um, had a, a long throw to J.P. Richardson that, like, J.P. was wide open. He got behind the defense, but it was it was sort of a strange play. There was a lot of pressure on Chandler. He was moving laterally, and he just kind of stopped his body momentum and flicked his wrist and threw it way down the field um, and hit J.P. for, like, a 36-yard gain, which I was super impressed with. He just – he seemed to have a command of this offense. Um, he's doing a really nice job. No interceptions today. Had one dangerous throw that I can remember – um, down near the end zone where he was trying to hit Jared Wiley. I think it was the same play they had run uh, earlier in the game where Wiley kind of acts like he's going to either block the corner or run a stop pattern, and then all of a sudden he breaks inside on a little slant. And uh, SMU was ready for it at that time. And if the if the uh, corner or safety that was guarding Jared would have got his eyes up and got his hand on the ball, that could have been trouble. But, again, just super efficient, you know, spreading the ball out to a lot of different guys, making good throws. Had a dot to J.P. Richardson, like a back shoulder throw, that if J.P. can either make the catch or whip his head around fast enough, um, then it would have been a big first down on a third and 14, I think. Um, so just really good stuff from Chandler. And Imani Bailey, you know, didn't feel like it at times because TCU struggled up front in the first half. But 25 carries for 126 yards. Um, and a touchdown, had a 24-yard touchdown run. That was huge to give TCU a 17-point lead um, in the second half. And, man, he just he gets it done. Uh, at times today, I thought his vision was a little off and his feel for, you know, where the opening was was a little off. Um, but ultimately still churned out 125 yards at five yards a pop, you know, 25 carries, another really good physical football game from Monty Bailey. He did a fantastic job. Another thing I liked from today, Jared Wiley, uh, red zone weapon. Five catches for 37 yards with two touchdowns. Had a, a catch on a little slant pattern. Then had a nice play design in the red zone where they sort of blocked it up for him, and he just ran a little out pattern and took it to the house. But I like using those tight ends in general, but I especially like using those tight ends um, in the red zone like they did today. And Jared Wiley is just such a big – physical target. Um, I love the idea of getting him the ball in those situations and letting him take it in the end zone. When we come back, we'll discuss some things that, you know, bothered me a little bit from today, things TCU has to work on, but Frogs are three and one uh, and ultimately a really good showing as they basically led wire to wire after getting that early to seven to three lead on SMU. But we'll take a quick break and have more Locked on Horn Frogs after this. Uh, it's the Locked on Podcast Network. It's the weekend, uh, but if you're sitting there stressed and you're like, man, I need to add people to my small business, or if you're in charge of hiring and you're kind of dreading Monday because you have job postings to make, you have to interview folks, uh, make it less, like make it a more stress-free experience by using LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. It's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Every I, I say this all the time. Everybody knows about LinkedIn. Let's brand recognition is huge. People, if they're looking for work, that's the first place to go. It's the first thing on their mind. LinkedIn. So LinkedIn jobs, make it the place where you post your job because you're going to get a wide, you're going to get cast a wide net. You, you'll have a, a, a plethora of candidates to choose from. And you can use simple screening questions 
and other tools at, at your disposal from LinkedIn that'll narrow down that focus a little bit more and make things easier for you. LinkedIn.com slash college. Uh, post your job for free there. We thank them for their sponsorship here on the Locked On Network. So let's talk about things that uh, the Frogs just kind of have to work on here. Another big, big win. TCU's won three in a row now. They're three and one in the season. They beat SMU. Final score was 34 to 17. Uh, but what were the things that, that stood out to me that, man, you got to get this cleaned up? Well, first, First thing that sort of surprised me, and I knew this coming in, some people, uh, there were a few people this week that were like, I feel like you're being kind of dismissive of SMU, which I thought that was pretty fair to uh, the Mustangs when I was talking about them. They're an improved team. Um, This isn't your typical SMU team. And the fact that usually when I think about them, I think about the skill positions first. Uh, And I think there's some potential there. I still feel like Preston Stone's kind of figuring things out. And um, Jake Bailey and Jordan Hudson, their they're two main, I guess if you want to call it go-to guys, were uh, largely absent today. Jake Bailey did have a long uh, long catch down the sidelines late in this game. But the thing that SMU's really improved, mainly through the transfer portal, is up front they're, they're a lot better on the offensive and defensive lines. And usually that's the thing that TCU has the big advantage um, in this matchup is just the fact that they're better up front. And especially that D-line, uh, what they've been able to do, getting some guys from Miami, um, Virginia, like they've they've improved their talent level there, and so uh, I was I was somewhat concerned about that. And honestly, in the first half, um, SMU won that battle. Like they were stifling the run game. Short yardage has been an issue, and part of it is just running the ball. Part of it is the play calling, which we'll get to later in the show. Um, but man, it's it's been tough for them to just get downhill and run the ball behind this interior offensive line, which was such a strength for them last season with Steve Avila uh, and Wes Harris um, and Alan Ali. And, you know, you're, you're changing that that combination up. John Lands did play a lot of snaps last year. Um, and then Brandon Coleman was out briefly today with an ankle injury, which didn't help things either. But, you know, running downhill has been a challenge at times, and it seems like, Maybe it's just the M.O. of the defenses of Houston and SMU in general, but it feels like teams are really going to sell out on the run to trying to create negative plays, put TCU in long down and distance situations, um, and then, you know, dare them to throw the football. And so far, they've done a really good job of answering that call. Chandler had another great day, a really efficient day, and so that's huge. Um and then defensively, just not a lot of pressure early in that football game. Now, that did pick up as the game went on, and part of that was they were bringing more blitz packages. They were bringing more players. The numbers lined up more in their favor in the second half of this football game. But overall, again, like it's just when you're rushing three, it's tough to get home because things don't add up. Now, bringing you know six defenders is not just some magical way to get to the quarterback more, but it certainly helps put pressure on uh, on the guy back there in the pocket. And the bottom line was when they were able to get, you know, in Preston Stone's face, get him off his spot, make him uncomfortable, they had a lot more success today. Uh, and then Stone was able to break through, contain, and get some things done um, with his legs uh, because, you know, TCU wasn't as focused on that part of his game and they took advantage of it. But overall – 
they they cleaned that up in the second half. Like I'm not gonna harp on that too much because I felt like the way the O line bounced back in the second half was big. On that first drive, they ran the ball really well, um, and that continued throughout the third and the fourth quarter. Amani Bailey, as I said earlier, finished with 125 yards on the ground. Had did break that 24 yard touchdown run. Um, let's see where. Trey Sanders had six carries for 23 yards. Overall, 192 yards on the ground, four and a half yards per carry. So a pretty good day for TCU. Not, not a super prolific day, um, but they sort of found their own and got it going as the game went on. And I said this earlier. I just thought in general the defense did a fantastic job, but they they were able to manufacture pressure more in the second half of that football game, um, which was a big plus. I've talked about this a lot this year, this topic a lot this year, which is who is your, you know, your dog of a wide receiver? Who's your number one guy? Who's the dude that you go to in a big situation? And we we just finished game four. You know, maybe they don't just maybe they just don't have one. And at like, is that a bad thing? It, like in a in a vacuum, no. You would like to have uh a clear front runner or a clear guy that you're like, okay, third down, big situation. We can get the ball to this guy and he's going to go make a play. Quentin Johnson was that player last year, but man, you look at the stats, like Chase Curtis was your leading receiver from a yardage standpoint today, two catches for 55 yards. JP Richardson, one catch for 38. Jared Wiley, five for 37. Jalen Robinson, three for 35. I believe they had 12 guys catch the football today. Yeah. They had 12 players, 12 different players catch the football today. And one thing that's become uh, pretty apparent to me is that Chandler's, I mean, like he's not afraid to spread it around. Dalen Wright's still not available today. And so we'll see what, you know, his his future outlook is. I thought he was going to play this afternoon, uh, but he wasn't there. He didn't get any targets. Um, but it's like for – Jared Wiley had two touchdowns, which was huge. They clearly like to use the tight ends, which I think is great. Um, and it's like for a drive, like for one drive, they'll have somebody in mind. They just really feed the ball. So like on that drive where they went at fourteen to three, I talked about some of these throws earlier. But Jalen Robinson had a couple nice catches. Had a, a tough contested catch on a back shoulder throw where he was able to to go down and use good body control to catch the ball. And then a couple plays later on a slant pattern, he just breaks in. Catches the football again, tough contested catch, does a good job. But then they, I mean, they just they didn't really go back to him um, after that. And Jerry Wiley had two touchdowns in the first half, wasn't as big of a factor in the second half of that football game. You know, Chase Curtis wasn't really a factor at all until the very end of that game, and he ends up leading the team in yardage. JP Richardson had a long catch down the middle of the field, and so this might just be the way this team rolls, and that's okay. Like. I think maybe it's my own bias of just having in my mind last year, the offense was so successful with Quentin as your guy. And he made life for everyone else easier just because even if he wasn't putting up huge numbers, the gravity of the defense shifting towards him at all times to try to keep the ball out of his hands provided opportunities for everyone else. Um, And so possibly you just don't have that guy this season. I like what Jalen Robinson brings to the table. I like some things I've seen from Warren Thompson. I like the limited action we saw from Dalen Wright. I like Jared Wiley, J.P. Richardson. So we can go down the list. But uh, maybe they're just not going to have that that one dog on the outside. And Savion Williams, who I didn't even mention, 
wasn't really a factor today. And he had his best game of the year against Houston. So that's possibly just something that maybe it comes together, maybe it doesn't, but they're clearly okay spraying the ball around and the offense is still beneficial. That being said, though, they have to do a better job in the red zone. They have to do a better job in short yardage. We'll wrap up with that and more next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. NFL season is here. Week three kicked off on Thursday. Um, obviously, a lot of games tomorrow, Cowboys, Cardinals, and plenty more. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Put a $5 bet down. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's an incredible value. $5 bet, win or lose, $200 in bonus bets. Uh, it's the place to go to bet on the NFL. They're the official betting partner of the National Football League. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Do that today to get that bonus bet deal. You can also download their app. It's safe. It's easy to use. Makes things simple for you. FanDuel, official betting partner of the National Football League. We thank them for their sponsorship here on the Locked On Network. So final thing for us today, and, you know, I was really happy with today's performance. I thought, again, they dominated the game uh, for the most part. Really wasn't ever in doubt in the second half of that ball game. Thought the Frogs played well. But they're – the, the execution, the details, the small things are keeping TCU from just running away with games. Last week against Houston, had a chance in the second half, and ultimately they did, but had a chance to put that game away earlier and just couldn't quite do it. And then day against SMU, same sort of thing, just struggled to, to put that game away. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about two instances first. Josh Newton gets an interception. He returns it down in the red zone. Um, TC moves the ball a little bit. They get one first down, drive stalls out. So it's like, okay, kick a field goal. You're up 27 to 10. You kick a field goal, you're up 30 to 10. I think at the time there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Not quite a three-touchdown lead, but pretty close. And so they get out there, and, and I don't know what the uh, what the situation was. Not sure if this was Jordy Sandy. Just kind of go. I can't imagine it was Jordy Sandy calling any sort of audible. But they ran a fake field goal. And so Sandy gets the ball, but as he's trying to get up, he slips and he has to put his hand on the ground. And so the whole thing from the start was a disaster. He just ends up throwing up one up for grabs and a scrum of people down towards the end zone. It gets knocked down. So they don't score there. Uh, and then they get another interception in the end zone, get into plus territory, have a fourth and four, and they're sitting around the 30 yard line. It was, it would be a long field goal for Griffin Kell, but it's certainly one that he could hit. Now, you do give SMU great field position if you kick that ball and miss it, but they were kind of in no man's land from a punt standpoint. They couldn't punt the ball. I probably would have kicked the field goal, but they opt to go for it, and they end up throwing just a, a 50-50 ball to Major Everhart in the corner of the end zone. He doesn't catch the ball. And so I, I don't know what's going on with the uh, – with the um, third and fourth down, like short yardage situations and just third and fourth down conversion rates, situational football, right? Like in the red zone, you have to find a way to score. Um, and I'm glad I'm glad that I didn't do the show immediately after the game today because I didn't come – I came away from that football game thinking, man, Kendall, Kendall Browse had kind of a rough day. 
um, mainly because of his play calls in these situations. Like the fourth and four there, I didn't understand why they threw the ball deep. You know, multiple times third and three, just trying to run the ball, just couldn't couldn't get any push. And that's not on him. That's on that's execution. You got to be able to uh, you know get first downs in those situations. But they had a fourth and two, and like this play call worked. Um, but they had a fourth and two on their first touchdown drive of the game, where they motioned JP Richardson into the backfield, and he was like in an offset eye as a fullback. And they hand the ball to him on kind of a, a, a sweet play. And he runs to the outside. And the way he was carrying the ball, it looked like he had an option to pitch it. And then he sort of just falls forward and gets the first down. And it worked, but just there was so much happening. It was so busy. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you need two yards. Like, I get it. And I guess in fairness, like, in, in fairness of the coaching staff, they didn't run the ball particularly well in those situations today. But you just need two yards. Why are you doing all these different things? And then later on in the game, it was actually their next touchdown drive. There was this crazy sequence. They throw the ball to Jalen Robinson. He catches it. It was third and 14 or something like that. So they don't get they don't get the first down, but they get down there to where it's like fourth and three. And I, I still don't know. I don't know if the thought process was because in live time, it looked like Jalen might have bobbled that or the ball might have hit the ground. So I'm not sure if the thought process was we got to get the line, snap the football before they review this. But they get the line really quickly, and it just looked like a fire drill. And then they just ran this. I mean, SMU brings the house. They run this kind of weird disjointed play. Chandler just ends up lofting the ball up in the air, like sky high in the air. And thankfully, Major Everhart was running an out pattern. He ran right to the sticks and caught the football, and they end up scoring. And so the results are the results. It worked. But I was just sitting there like, what is going on? Like, why can't you just run – a normal play. And it was the same thing in third and short. And so some of that to me is on the play calling. But I think overall, like when I watched that game back later on today, uh, I thought Kendall Browse had a good game calling place. Like I, I felt like there was a good mixture. You know, uh, he had a really good call in the red zone that I mentioned earlier on third and 14 where J.P. Richardson was kind of like in the, a tight end position. He ran a wheel route. The receiver in front of him, you know, ran a crossing pattern to clear those defenders out, and there was some confusion. And Chandler makes a good throw to the back shoulder. JP just couldn't pull it in. Um, but all that to say, like, I came away feeling pretty good about the play calling today. I still don't quite understand how busy and how cute they get in those short yard situations. But this team's just got to execute better. Like, it's about executing things well. Um, and making plays in big moments to put games away. And this is two weeks in a row where they just have they, – they've eventually done it, but it hasn't been done as quickly as, as you know, us as fans would probably like. But that's something that hopefully they can grow in and, and you know, get better at as the year goes on. It was, an, it was just another night where, man, you just felt like the offense left a lot out there. There were a lot of points that could have been scored. There were plays being made. Um, and they just didn't make them. But, you know, again, they scored 34 points today. They got a late touchdown. And overall, I like what they're doing uh, on that side of the football. And I think the hope is that it's just going to get better and better and more crisp as the year goes on. Uh, Johnny Hodges was out today with a hand injury. Sonny Dyke said after the game he's week to week. Uh, but Chad Banks filled in for him today and did a nice job. 
Uh, we'll keep you updated on Avery Helm. We'll keep you updated on Dalen Wright. We'll have coverage all week long here on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, Big 12 play continues. Frogs get West Virginia at home. West Virginia coming off a win against Texas Tech. Mountaineers are doing some interesting things. They're really running the ball well. We'll have all that and more coming up this week. Thank you for joining me tonight or whenever you're watching this or listening. It's Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day.